Okay, folks, a very warm welcome to the Labarge Lunchtime Talks, whether you're here in person on the barge or joining us online on Zoom. Great to have you with us. Special welcome if you're here for the first time. Uh, today, we're looking at the topic of ambition. So, uh, once a month, we have a Faith in the Workplace session where we try and focus on an issue from the workplace rather than just our regular Bible teaching. So, today it is ambition. And there's a handout on your uh, tables. And in addition, there's a little card, Faith and Farmer. These are hot off the press. You may want to have a quick look at this. So this is John Young, former CBO at Pfizer. He was with us uh, last month, uh, an interview for Christians, sharing about faith in the workplace. He's coming back in March, end of March, to do an evangelistic event. So it'll be an interview again, but pitched more towards colleagues who are not yet Christian and a chance for them to find out more. So please do take this away and be inviting people um, to join us for that. Let me pray for us, and then I'll, um, we'll launch in. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of work to do, for productive work. We thank you for the place of work and your purposes, and for this chance to reflect together and reflect on what your word says about ambition. Uh, we pray that we would be those who are ambitious, but ambitious for the right things. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you uh, just around your tables or... Um, on your own if you prefer, just to have a look at those first two questions. So how ambitious are you as an individual? Naught to ten, naught being not at all, ten being fiercely ambitious. And then secondly, how good do you think this is on naught to ten? You've only got a minute for this, so don't spend forever. Grab a pen, give yourself a number, chat with your neighbour if you want. Okay, folks, sorry to interrupt. I won't go around and ask you what score you got and whether, whether anyone got tens on that. Um, but I want to put it to us that as Christians, we should be ambitious. We should be very ambitious. God wants us to be ambitious. And it, way, it may well be that our problem is that we are not ambitious enough. But the question is, ambitious for what? So are we ambitious for the right things, for the best things? So one question we will get to is, is being ambitious to succeed at work? Is being ambitious to climb the corporate ladder? Is that a good thing? Is that a godly thing for a Christian? Is some ambition better than other, other ambition? Is some ambition even right and some ambition wrong? We'll think about that. Where do we begin thinking about this? Well, I think a definition is probably a pretty good place to start. So again, just take a minute and write down a definition of ambition. And you're not allowed to use your phones <laughs> to ask a friend. Definition of ambition. Okay, the, the Oxford English Dictionary definition goes as follows. Ambition is determination to achieve success or distinction, usually in a chosen field. It's a determination to achieve success or distinction, or the object of this determination. So it's basically saying it's a strong desire to do something, to achieve something. And so, for example, we say her ambition was to become a pilot. That was a strong desire. That's what her, her goal was. So that's the basic definition. And if we say, well, what's the opposite of ambition, if that's the definition, I suppose the opposite of that would be uh, we don't really have a strong desire to achieve something. Um, Maybe content with mediocrity, drifting along a little bit without goals. Yeah, and that doesn't sound good. You know, so I think ambition 
uh, by that definition is a good thing. So determination to achieve success or distinction in an area. So life is short, and as Christians we should be ambitious, but I think we need to think carefully about what that means biblically and not just absorb the values of secular culture. So we look at two things. Principle, what should be our big ambitions in life, and then the application of that. So before we can think about ambition in the workplace, which is why you've come today, because you want to think about that, we need to step back and think about ambition in life as a whole. What does God want us to have as our overall ambitions in life, our big ambitions as followers of Christ? And I thought a good place to start would be to say, well, what about Jesus? Uh, What about the Apostle Paul? Um, Were they ambitious? If so, what were they ambitious for? So let's take Jesus to start off with. Was Jesus ambitious? Well, yes, he was, wasn't he? In the sense of determined to succeed, he wasn't drifting through life, was he? He had a very clear mission. He wouldn't allow anything to deflect him from it. I've put lots of references at the bottom. I'm just going to read them out. Um, You won't have time to flick to them. But uh, in John 4.34, he says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And do you remember that was where the Samaritan woman example, uh, incident where the disciples have gone off to buy food and they come back and say, oh, you know, why don't you have some food? He says, no, my food is to do the will of, sent me, of him who sent me to accomplish his work. So on this occasion, he didn't even eat because he was so focused on his mission, the, the mission the Father had sent him to do. I would say that's pretty ambitious, yeah? It's driven. And then Luke 9.51, it says that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So... In the face of opposition, rejection, he sets his face to go to Jerusalem to suffer, to die, knowing all the opposition he was going to face on the way. You know, that's determined, isn't it, to accomplish his God-given mission of salvation. You get it at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, don't you? Mark 138, where uh, he's healing lots of people and all the rest of it. and, And then he says he's going to move on to other towns, for that is what I came for. So he wouldn't be deflected from from his mission. He was very determined he was going to achieve his goal. And his goal, you know, Mark 10.45, the Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. So his ambition was to do the will of the Father, carry out this salvation mission for which he'd been sent into the world. So I would say Jesus was 10 out of 10 ambitious in that sense, wasn't he? What about Paul? Was he ambitious? I think, again, you know, like Jesus, he was very ambitious to determine to succeed. But for what? Well... You know, the advance of the gospel was the big thing for Paul, wasn't it? So Acts 20, 24, he says, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You think, wow, okay, there's a man on the mission. He is single-minded, committed, ambitious to fulfill this mission, this ministry. Or, you know, John 15, 20, uh, sorry, Romans 15, 20, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. That was his ambition. And on a personal level, so that's the advance of the gospel, on a personal level, he was ambitious, wasn't he, to keep going in obedient faith and to make it to the end of the race. So, you know, Philippians 3, 14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's an ambitious guy. Well, just before that, he says, Philippians 3.10, 
I want to know Christ. That was his ambition. So, you know, for Paul, these twin ambitions, the advance of the gospel, this ministry had been given, and on a personal level, keeping going in obedient faith to the end. So, yeah, Jesus, Paul, both very ambitious. How about us? What are we as believers to pursue in life? The verse I want to use as our key verse is Matthew 6.33, where Jesus says to his disciples, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, as the world is running after all sorts of things, this is what you're to do. Seek first these things. And the word that's translated seek, Greek word zeteo, the dictionary definition is this. To devote serious effort to realize one's desire or objective. To devote serious effort to achieve what you desire. So what are we to desire, to want? What, what are we to devote serious effort to? Well, we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that's what we're to seek, and we're to seek first. He's saying, this is to be the number one priority as disciples, our ambition, our goal, our pursuit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So there's two things there. Firstly, the kingdom of God. We have to seek that. The cause, the gospel. Serving the advance of the gospel. You know, God's big salvation plan for the world, as Jesus did, as Paul did. We are to seek that. Number one. So Colossians 1, 6 talks about how in the whole world the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. The, uh, the book Gospel Patrons, we've got on the bookstall over there, well worth reading, I've just finished reading it. Um, one story is about a woman called Lady Huntingdon in the 18th century, and she was a very wealthy uh, woman, an heiress, who became a patron of the evangelist George Whitfield. So she supported him financially and personally and so on. And she said this, she says, I now see the one thing worth living for must be the proclamation of the love of God to man in Christ Jesus. And that's why she supported Whitfield as a patron, because she saw that was the, the number one thing. The kingdom, the advance of the gospel. And we sing a song in our Sunday church about this, maybe you do in your home church. Um, your glorious cause, O God, engages our hearts. May Jesus Christ be known wherever we are. That's what we're talking about, the kingdom, the cause. And the way it's put in this Gospel Patrons book is it's, uh, the guy says, after we receive the gospel of grace, God wants you and me to go to work with him. He adopts us and then he invites us into the family business, which I think is a nice way of putting it. You know, what is the family business of the kingdom? Well, it's proclaiming the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth for the salvation of the lost. Don't know if you have a barber jacket at home, you know, barber who make these sort of iconic wax cotton jackets. Officially, the company is called J. Barber and Sons. Like many historic companies, it's a family business, Barber and Sons. And so the kingdom is God and Sons, or you know, God and Daughters. You know, we have various roles, but we're all in the family business, aren't we, of getting the gospel to the ends of the earth, even if we have various roles within the company. And so there was a book by a guy called Michael Griffiths back in 1970, which I thought had a great title, which was this. And it's a book about missionary work, getting the gospel out. And the title of the book is, Give Up Your Small Ambitions. 
And so the, this is the big ambition we should have in our life. Seek first the kingdom of God, committed to that family business. Seek it, pursue it, devote serious effort to it. The second thing, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that's talking about not so much the gospel, but godliness, if you want two Gs to remember it. Godliness, character. So we've got the cause, we've got character. So many verses about this, but you know, Romans 8.28, God's purpose is that we should be conformed to the likeness of his son, becoming more like Christ. And so 2 Corinthians 5.9, we make it our goal to please God, whether at home, in the body, or away from it. 2 Peter 1 talks about make every effort to do what? Well, to grow in godliness. 1 Timothy 6, you know, we're to flee from sins, we're to pursue godliness, righteousness, love, faith, and so on. You know, 1 Thessalonians 4, this is the will of God, your holiness. So, so many verses. I mean, the New Testament's full of it, but it's all about righteousness, godliness, how we live, our character, and so on. So those are to be our big overall ambitions in life. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's about the cause, and it's about character. It's about the gospel, and it's about godliness. Those, those are the, the big things in life. And we need to beware selfish ambition. So if we take those two things again, if we take the, the cause, the gospel, selfish ambition would be, I'm just pursuing my own agenda, my own interests, building my own empire, my own kingdom, rather than seeking the kingdom of God. It's a bit like in Philippians 2.21, Paul says of people, he says, they're basically seeking all their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Whereas Timothy's different. Or do you remember in Mark 10, you had James and John coming up to Jesus saying, look, you know, we want positions of power and glory in the kingdom. They weren't interested in God's glory or serving others, but it's just themselves. So selfish ambition is wrong. Uh, think about the gospel, the cause. And in character as well, James 3, 14, warns about having our hearts full of selfish ambition and rivalry, which causes conflict. And you can even get it in Christian service. So Philippians 1, Paul talks about some people who are preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry. You know, just selfish ambition. So you can even preach the gospel for wrong motives, for selfish ambition. So those, I think, are the the big principles we need to hold on to as we step back. My, My big ambition in life should be these two things. Seeking God's kingdom, God's righteousness. So the gospel, the advance of the gospel, and pursuing godliness, righteousness. Now, how do we apply this then to different areas of life? So these big ambitions, they're non-negotiable throughout the whole of life. We just want to think, what does it look like applying these big biblical ambitions in the various areas of life? Is it okay to have smaller ambitions as well in various areas? So is it okay to have other goals, other targets that we pursue with determination? And I think yes, as long as, as long as they don't compromise the big ambitions in that area or in other areas. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So, let's take work, because that's why we're here. We're interested in work. We're going to think about work, home church, but work mainly. What should be our big ambition at work? Well, what were the two things? Character and the cause. So, character... Our big ambition should be being godly at work, 
being kind, being loving, being a person of integrity, doing our work for the Lord, serving him in it, seeing this is you know, it's part of my creation purpose to do this, earning money to support ourselves and our families and to be generous. The ca- character, big ambition at work, that should be number. And also the cause of Christ, so the advance of the gospel. So being, being known as a follower of Christ in the workplace, encouraging other believers, praying for opportunities for the gospel to go out, using the money we earn for the family business, you know, the advance of the gospel in the world. So that should, those are the big ambitions and the non-negotiables at work. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness in your office. Is it okay to have smaller ambitions at work as well? Let's call them mini-ambitions, mini-targets and goals. For example, to get promoted, to climb the ladder, to become a director at your bank or a partner in your law firm. Is that wrong? Or is it okay for a Christian? Is it a good thing? I don't think the Bible addresses it directly. I'm not, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but... And I think we need to beware misusing examples of people in the Bible who rose to positions of prominence in their work and saying, oh, well, there's an example of someone who sought promotion and God honored it. And so we say, you know, Joseph became ruler in Egypt. Daniel became ruler in Babylon. Esther became queen in Persia. But they weren't seeking these positions. (laughs) When you read the stories, far from it. They were just living lives of integrity and faithfulness. God raised them up. He did it. So I don't think the Bible, as far as I can tell, commends seeking promotion at work or condemns it. I just think it's silent about it. But my own conclusion is that small ambitions, these many ambitions, are fine as long as they don't compromise the big ambitions in this area of life, at work, or in other areas of life. So, our many ambition to succeed and climb the ladder, it is wrong if it means we compromise the big ambitions God wants us to have. What were they? Gospel. So, if at work you go quiet about being a follower of Christ, and you go quiet on the gospel, and if you distance yourself from other believers because you don't want to risk your chance of promotion, that's wrong. You've compromised the big ambition for the sake of climbing the ladder. Gospel, godliness. So the the mini-ambition is wrong if the way we go about climbing the ladder is ungodly. Mistreating others, trampling over others, stabbing them in the back, or motivated by wrong reasons. So I just want to get up there to make a big name for myself, or to get glory, or to prove myself, or just because of pride, or because my identity is so tied into success at work. And so it's important to ask the question, why am I wanting to climb the ladder? And maybe be suspicious of our own heart and motives. And also, if the mini-ambition there at work, if it stops us fulfilling big ambitions in other areas of life, then it would be wrong as well. So, if my mini-ambition at work means that work becomes so all-consuming that I've got no time, I've got no energy to fulfill the big ambitions at home, at church, in being a godly spouse, godly parent in being active at church, that's wrong. Then I've allowed a mini-ambition to get too big, and the rest of my life is suffering, and everything else is being sacrificed on the altar of this mini-ambition. But, if it's not compromising the big ambitions at work, and if it's not undermining big ambitions in other areas of life, then it's fine to want to do well at work, 
to do a good job, to be a good employee, to use your gifts and leadership maybe you've got, to get to a position where you have more influence to change the culture of the firm. That's good. Home, just a bit more quickly. Uh, and it's important here to have a, a, a holistic view of life. We're not just workers. We're to be ambitious in home life as well. For the big ambitions, gospel and godliness. So if you're married, to say, well, am I ambitious in my marriage? For the big ambitions, the gospel. So to encourage my spouse in the faith, to serve the gospel together as a couple. Godliness. Am I ambitious to be a better spouse, to be more loving, more kind, seeking the interests of the other? Now, in terms of a mini-ambition in the home, how about, you know, the ambition to learn as a couple how to do ballroom dancing together? Is that okay? Well, yeah, that's fine. You know, enjoy God's gift of dancing. As long as it doesn't compromise the big ambitions, you know, gospel, I mean, it could be a way of getting to know unbelievers. Ballroom dancing, great. But if it means you're away every other weekend competing in ballroom dancing competitions, you're never at church, that's not good. That's compromising big ambition in that other area, church. Godliness, well, yeah, fine, you know, dance in a godly way, but, you know, don't flirt with other people in the ballroom dancing. Don't be dissatisfied with your spouse as you look at all these other people. Take children in the home. You know, big ambitions, gospel. Well, the big ambition is they, they become and grow as disciples of Christ. Godliness. You want to bring them up in the teaching and discipline of the Lord. You want to treat them in a godly way. You want to be a good example of Christ-likeness to your kids. Is it okay to, for your kids to have smaller ambitions? Uh, you know, you want them to do well at school, uh, learn the violin, succeed in sport. Yeah, fine, but as long as they're clear what the big ambition is, what matters most to us. But it'd be wrong if we're letting the small ambitions get in the way of the big ones. So, you know, their sport means it takes them away from church on a Sunday. Or they can't get to Christian youth group because you book them in to play trombone every night of the week or something. Personal life. Big ambition. Gospel. Committed to the advance of the gospel. Encouraging Christians. Reaching out to non-Christians. Godliness. Pursuing Christ and growth in godliness. How about many ambitions in your personal life? Yes, yeah, fine. But only if the big ambitions are in the driving seat and we're seeking those first. So, you know, maybe you, you want to run a marathon. Little mini ambition. Fine. Or you want to run a, a 5K under a certain time. Or you want to learn a, sp- a new sport. Well, that could be an expression of commitment to the gospel that you want to engage with others in the local community. Do an activity together. You know, maybe a mini ambition is you want to learn how to paint or something or make pottery. Or maybe you've got an ambition to travel to South America or to pay off your mortgage. That's all fine. But a mini-ambition can become all-consuming and compromise your ability to fulfill godly big ambitions in other areas. Say, for example, you know, if you make it your mini-ambition that you're going to run an ultra-marathon or do an Ironman and it's going to mean three to four hours training a day, you'll have no time for your spouse or your friends, or your kids, or your church. I think that would be a sign that a mini-ambition has grown legs and become too big. It's a big ambition. And church, you know, big ambition, gospel, you know, to do what we can at church, use our gifts, resources, serve the church locally, globally. Godliness, that we're loving, we're godly in our relationships at church. We're not driven by selfish ambition to get glory, recognition through our role at church, and so on. So basically... I think what we're saying is let's be ambitious, but 
ambitious for what matters ultimately and eternally. And the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? Gospel and godliness. The cause and character. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And an exercise to do maybe for homework would be, there's a table on the second side there. Uh, maybe just fill it in with, what, are your, what does the big ambition look like for you at work, at home, at church? And what are some of the smaller, the many ambitions you've got? A final word, I think, would be, let's beware being too ambitious for small things and not ambitious enough for the big things, the eternal things. Because it would be very tragic, wouldn't it, if as believers we get very excited and driven by our many ambitions, but not the big ambitions. So, you know, super excited and ambitious to get your marathon time under four hours or three hours or whatever, or, you know, reduce your golf handicap, but not so ambitious about being a good husband or wife or advancing the cause of the gospel. Or, you know, very ambitious to get promotion at work, but not ambitious to be godly and see colleagues come to know Christ. Maybe ambitious for your kids to get good grades and go to a good university, get a well-paid job, but not actually that ambitious for them to succeed spiritually and grow in godliness and maturity, be committed to the gospel. Or maybe, you know, ambitious to make money and buy a big house out in the countryside, but not actually that ambitious to serve more usefully in your church or to grow spiritually. So we're saying small ambitions, many ambitions, they can be fine, it's okay but we need to keep the big ambitions firmly at the center of everything we do. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His gospel and godliness. His cause and character. And otherwise, we will end up wasting our short years on trivial pursuits that don't ultimately matter. Okay, that's all I was going to say. Uh, There's lots of ideas in here. It'd be good to get some feedback from you. I'm just going to ask Alison um, to maybe come up and... Uh, see how this sort of chimes in with her in the workplace here, so you'll be aware that Alison gives us a day a week um, in midweek ministry. Apart from that, he's working as a lawyer. Uh, Let me give you this. In terms of sort of big ambitions and small ambitions, um, anything sort of connecting with you from uh, decisions you've made over the years, so you were at Clifford Chance for a while and stepped back from that, and was this sort of in your mind that I want to serve the big ambitions and the mini ambition is getting in the way there, or...? What was your sort of thinking on that or other decisions? Um, so I probably wasn't quite using your words no. <laughs> at that point in considering it. But I think at that point I was thinking of in terms of I wanted some life in my work-life balance. Um, and I think part of that is the place of that work was taking in my life and making that decision. There was the sense that... Um, I think the thing that broke the camel's back for me was I had just taken on a responsibility to lead a small group at church. I talked to my boss about this before I did it and naively assumed that when they said, no, that should be fine, you know, provided there's nothing work-related, that that meant I'd be able to get there most weeks. And then I had a year of experiencing that I might make it to small group, but then I'd go back to the office and often finish at 4 or 5 a.m. And I thought, this isn't this isn't sustainable, this isn't balanced, and actually, do I want to give this up for work? Um, I'm not sure I do. The other thing I was conscious of was my relationships. I had a lot of very understanding friends. I'm, I'm not married, and I, I wasn't in a serious relationship then either. 
Um, but it wasn't a case of just one relationship I'm not honouring. It was the community I'm part of. If I'm always co- expecting people to understand when I'm late for things or I cancel at the last minute, I thought I'm not going to have any friends by the time I'm 30. And actually that's quite, that's quite important, you know, that I have these relationships. So I wasn't putting it in your neat categories, but I think those yeah. were some of the factors. Yeah, and I mean, you have recently been made partner in your the other law firm you're working for now in the Wharf. Yep. So how how did you feel you sort of managed in terms of keeping the big ambitions, but also having this mini ambition to become a partner, which presumably you have to push a little bit for? And how was that for you? Yeah, I did, I did have to work hard. Um, I wouldn't put myself in the same category as Esther, Joseph, and Daniel. It didn't just come along, <laughs> and nobody's going to write a Bible book about me. But um, how do you keep it? I think you work out what you need to have time for. Um, so I wanted to have time for my church, time for relationships within that, time for my family. My parents are elderly now. Um, time for my own spiritual health. You know, am I so tired that I'm never reading the Bible? Am I never getting up and having some personal time in the Bible in the morning before I get to work? So almost in a sense, setting my daily routine and my monthly routine um, and what I want to do in a year, and then trusting that work doesn't overtake that. And then within that, when you're at work, you still spend a lot of time there, um, thinking, am I bored with what I'm doing now? What's the next stage up? Do I want to keep being part of this company? And if so, am I looking to uh, climb the, the ladder? Yeah. And in terms of those two big ambitions, I mean, I certainly know that in terms of advance of the gospel, you've been doing that in your workplace uh, inviting, you know, you come with colleagues to the carol services, and I believe even when you had your promotion chat with your boss, you were sharing the gospel with him. Is that fair? Without yeah, embarrassing well, <laughs> you, but I think that... Yeah, no, it's, it's true. The promotion, it just so happened that on the day I, my boss told me I was promoted, I gave him a copy of Marcus's book, What Happens When I Die, um, <laughs> which was because he'd asked me about that, and I'm not usually that tactless. But, um, <laughs> yes, the conversation, you know, I've not sought to keep quiet at work about my faith and I have sought opportunities to put out feelers to see if people are interested to talk about things and I think that's really that's been important to me since I started my job is try and get it out there quite early on I'm a Christian and then pray for ways to talk about it Um, because you don't always know how they're going to come along and then pray for courage to take the opportunities when they come Well, there's a great example of, you know, you can have the mini ambition to become a partner without compromising the the big ambitions of the gospel and godliness. And I think that's... um... Thank you for that. That's really helpful.